Carrie Devine, my dear friend. Welcome to the Channel 2 News Set. The lights are on, the microphone is hot, but the cameras are not on. And I'm so glad you could join me in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Carrie Devine is a mom, wife, business owner, everyone's girlfriend, and the founder and creator of the Hot in Charleston community and Midlife Monologues, which hits the Pure Theater stage in Charleston, October 24th. We're talking midlife today, and some days for women in midlife, you're glad that the cameras are not rolling. It's not always easy, as you very well said. Well, you make it look easy. You're very kind. I appreciate it. So sitting across from you, Carrie, is the only time at the age of 57 I would use the word hot in referring to myself. And that is because as a woman who has gone through a lot of life, I'm in midlife. You know, I know those words, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. These are words that we weren't comfortable saying many years ago, but we are saying them a lot now. I'm so delighted that that's happening. You know, there is a whole cultural shift happening. Um, midlife is hot, as you said, and 50 is the new 30, and everyone is talking about midlife, perimenopause, and menopause. Naomi Watts is talking about it, and Brick Shields, and our doctors finally are talking about it, and friends are talking about it, and hopefully, and we'll talk more about this, we're talking to our daughters about it, mm -hmm. because my mother never told me about perimenopause and menopause. I didn't even know the word perimenopause until I met Dr. Elaine Eustace um, mm -hmm. here in, in Charleston. Um, she's a doctor who specializes in midlife for women. Um, but I can talk a little bit about my journey right. through perimenopause. I'm 57. I've been in perimenopause for almost a decade. Um, when women talk about menopause, I think what they're really talking about is perimenopause. Perimenopause is the period leading up to and around menopause that mm -hmm. starts on average at age 42, but can last, can start sooner and can last a long time. Mm -hmm. As I said, for me, a decade. And Carrie, you are not talking from the perspective of a physician or anyone who has any medical training. This is all based on your personal experience and the experience of your sisters and friends and mothers and girlfriends, and I know you have a lot of them, and we are really, as you said, becoming much more comfortable with talking about this. I can tell you, I have my mom and I have three sisters, and we have never talked about midlife issues. No, never. Why is it so uncomfortable for many of us to discuss this? Well, I think that for many years, it was just something that women didn't talk about, you know? I mean, it may be having to do with the word that hysterectomy comes mm -hmm. from the word hysteria. I think that there was really this sort of push to just, that's not something that we talk about. We just push those symptoms aside and move through it. And until really recently, um, I'm not sure that women really understood that this period of perimenopause is characterized not just by these symptoms that we hear a lot about, 
you know, hot flashes or even insomnia, which I had terrible insomnia, mm -hmm. but emotional changes. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started my own community called Hot in Charleston. It was based on my experience in perimenopause. Mm -hmm. I moved to Charleston and I started having these terrible symptoms of anxiety in my late 40s anxiety, insomnia, terrible mood swings, and even moments of rage. And frankly, I didn't know what they were until I was talking to a friend of mine who said, you know, you should check your levels. And I said, levels? What, levels? what is a level? Right. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a car, What? What? Right. a pool. I don't know what it was. And um, she said, menopause, you're probably in menopause. So I did. I went and got my levels, my hormone levels checked. And I was in perimenopause, and my doctor prescribed 200 milligrams of progesterone a day, which I've been on for almost 10 years. And three weeks later, I was completely back to myself. I had no idea mm -hmm. that these symptoms were the result of hormonal shifts that Carrie, I was Carrie, do you find a lot of women are, I'll just use the phrase, suffering in silence because it's not something that we talk about and we... You know, a lot of women become even embarrassed in front of men, something that's so natural in the course of our lives that we simply don't talk about. Absolutely. I mean, that's changing. And as I said, that that's a real welcome relief. But before I started Hot in Charleston, I surveyed 100 women ages 35 to 65. And what I found was that 99% of them said that they were ill-equipped to deal with perimenopause. Um, 69% of them thought that they were currently in perimenopause, but they weren't sure. 25% of them said that they didn't even know who to ask, that they rely mostly on their girlfriends more than mm -hmm. their own physicians because, you know, women spend a third of our lives in perimenopause or menopause, and doctors, as I understand it, on average spend two hours in training on this. So there's no consistency in terms of, of training. Um, and a lot of women were just Googling, do I have perimenopause? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I created this platform, Hot in Charleston, so that we can share our stories and share facts and resources on the journey of midlife, including things like motherhood and the empty nest, but especially perimenopause and menopause. You mentioned Hot in Charleston, and I think that that was a moment last year, last October, that brought a lot of women together, various ages, various race, faith, every socioeconomic group that you could imagine. We all t came together for World Menopause Day, and this was an opportunity to gain insight in through artistic expression from professionals and from other people in the community, and it really allowed us to to talk openly about our different experiences while being hot in Charleston, literally hot in Charleston because right. of the changes in our bodies. Absolutely, and I was really, really honored to co-host that event with you at the Gibbs Museum um, with not only physicians, but memoirists. And the reason why we did that is at Hot in Charleston, when we did our research, three quarters of the women said that they want to hear stories from other women going through this. So that's what gave us the idea to combine not just the medical sort of seminar piece of it, but 
Sinel Barnes came out. She's an award-winning memoirist and really a treasure of Charleston. And Lee Woodruff, who's a nationally recognized mm-hmm. health advocate, came out and talked about, you know, what were they going through at these different junctures in their lives too. And so, yeah, it was a nice, a nice addition to it. And that's what we're going to do again this year is use the arts to foster that dialogue about women in midlife. Carrie, you were explaining to me, and again, you are not a physician, but this is the first time that I truly came to understand the difference between these different phases. What is perimenopause, menopause, and then postmenopause? Can you explain those different Mm -hmm. phases as simply as possible? Sure. Well, that's right. I'm not a physician, but as I understand it, menopause is basically the single day after which you have been absent a period for one year. So when people talk about menopause and the changes of menopause, what they're typically talking about is perimenopause because menopause itself, medically speaking, as I understand it, is a single day. Is one day, one day. Right. Yeah, when when your menstrual cycle is paused, paused, stops that one day, and then you enter perimenopause. Well, after that year. Menopause means that you have gone 12 months Months. without a period. That's right. Um, But technically, you are in menopause the day after those 12 months, and Mm -hmm. then you go into postmenopause. But as I understand it, the symptoms that we suffer from uh, can continue uh, in postmenopause, but then do begin to abate. Mm-hmm. And what are you hearing from women about how long do some of these uncomfortable, sometimes for some women, embarrassing symptoms? We're talking about things like hot flash, waking up in the middle of the night, feeling uncomfortable, certainly changes in our hair, changes in our skin. How long do some of these symptoms last? Well, these symptoms can last throughout perimenopause, um, which can last, you know, months to as with me, you know, I've been in it for a decade. Um, I encourage people to seek the advice of, you know, women who are certified by the National North American Menopause Society um, and to look for experts. One of the people who I follow is Dr. Mary Claire Haver, Mm -hmm. and um, she can be found on uh, Instagram as well, and she has authored a book called The Galveston Diet, but she is a national authority on menopause. What about talking to our family about some of these? You know, we we want to certainly have the support of, of other women who are going through this, but a big part of our life is being with people who aren't experiencing this, you know, our our husbands, our partners, our children, you know, they don't understand what's going on. What have you discovered about speaking with your family about some of the changes we are going through? Mm -hmm. It's funny, um, Carolyn, because Mary Claire Haver, Dr. Haver asked this very question on Instagram yesterday saying, (laughs) should we be talking to Uh our spouses and partners and you know what sort of platform should we develop for that piece and i responded saying that it was a huge relief to my husband and my family to recognize that the behavior that i was exhibiting was uh, actually a direct result of hormonal changes Mm -hmm. in perimenopause and that it wasn't just that i was sort of you know acting crazy and that this was sort of 
mom's new new mm-hmm. crazy and not to be dismissive of that mm-hmm. I, I and I think that that would be a huge relief for family members to know that this is sort of natural and also um, we should be having these open conversations with our doctors and our doctors should be helping us mm-hmm. with the language that we can use to speak to our family and thankfully for me after you know I was prescribed the progesterone um, you know old me was was pretty much back but mm-hmm. it, I think that to have kind of an explanation and a reason for that is you know makes those conversations a lot easier and and makes the family members I think feel you know less culpable right mm-hmm. because probably you're always thinking well what can I do what did well, I do wrong and you mm-hmm. never want your family members to think that that's that's a very good point I mean how do we how do we go through life supporting each other what have you discovered is a good way to handle those kinds of situations I've had friends who we, we go out to dinner and they, they pull out a fan, you know, and, and, and I love it. It's a sweet thing. I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, but you just wonder, how can I support this person in this kind of situation who might be uncomfortable? Because it's not something anyone really wants to have to experience. I think that this experience has taught me personally to be a little more empathetic mm-hmm. and um, a little gentler. I mean, you know, this whole event for me that precipitated my hearing from my friend, oh, check your levels, and that I went to this doctor was, I had a meltdown in a craft superstore. Mm-hmm. And you've all, you've, you've been out, you've seen people sort of acting a little, you know, extreme or you know, maybe in a restaurant, like screaming mm-hmm. at a hostess or a host or, you know, these moments and you think, gosh, you know, could we all just be a little more human? And I've found maybe have compassion toward those people because maybe it could be someone experiencing, you know, any number of issues, but certainly perimenopause has caused me to act in a way that, you know, I wasn't super proud of in the moment. Mm -hmm. So compassion. But one of the other ways that we can be more compassionate to women is to um, have more supportive workplace policies. Um, I recently joined um, an organization, a nonprofit called Menopause Mandate US, um, which you can find information menopausemandateus.org. Uh, um, it started in the UK and now is um, moving forward in the US. Naomi Watts is uh, a vice chair, and um, I'm one of the advocates. And what uh, Menopause Mandate is looking for is education, you know, for all of growing the public education which I appreciate you're having this conversation with me because that's a huge part of it Um, you know access um, there are definitely care deserts or um, areas where physicians haven't had the proper training Mm -hmm. Um, and so there are huge disparities in OBGYN healthcare across the US so they're looking at that and then uh, there's confusion around um, a very old study which showed that hormone replacement therapy maybe wasn't safe and there's been a lot of discrepancy around that so some women have the mistaken impression that oh I can't do that because it's going to cause you know cancer so talking to your doctors about that and getting contemporary modern accurate information on that and then finally very important people need to understand that healthcare providers you know what they believe at one point they have to be educated and as information is presented empirical evidence they need to adjust accordingly in terms of what they are sharing with their population of patients absolutely 
Um, and then finally, um, the workplace policy. Um, a Mayo Clinic study estimated that uh, menopause-related symptoms cause almost $2 billion annually in lost work time alone. And in a recent survey, 20% of women in menopause say that they have either quit their jobs or considered quitting their jobs because mm -hmm. of what you were saying before, you know, mm -hmm. embarrassment over symptoms or feeling really stressed or getting flushed in a meeting. And mm -hmm. so we think that it's time for U.S. employers to kind of pledge to have more supportive policies um, and raise awareness with managers about what um, some women in midlife, you know, face during mm -hmm. the, these times of transition. And I also think just um, in terms of what we can do to support each other, women sharing when they've had good experiences with physicians, physicians who seem to be aware and compassionate and knowledgeable about the needs of women going through midlife, I think that that's also probably very helpful to a lot of people also sharing that information with other people. Carrie, let's also talk about why it's so important that this expression of support is done artistically you know in a way that women will can easily digest it i love that you've had this approach and bringing the hot in charleston community together and now taking it to another level with midlight monologues which is happening later this month october 24th and let's also talk about those who will participate in this conversation at pure theater in downtown charleston I am so excited about this. So I'm an essayist, and there's a saying that goes, it's a saying by a famous memoirist, Patricia Hampel, and she said, you tell me your story, and somehow I get mine. And you know, that's what I heard loud and clear from the research that I did before I launched Hot in Charleston. And that's what I was kind of embracing for this year's, now October is World Menopause Month, October 18th is World Menopause Day. So um, Sharon Gracie, who is the um, artistic director at Pure Theater, is an extraordinary uh, creative person who has really done a lot to sort of cultivate these difficult conversations in the community and mm -hmm. raise awareness. I reached out to Sharon and um, another local writer, Stephanie Hunt, and we had a brainstorm and we said, how do we bring this conversation about midlife to the stage and how do we make this an intergenerational conversation so that we're talking not just to us, but to our neighbors and sisters and nieces and coworkers and spouses and partners and employers. And how do we do it in a way that brings together women from every genre, mm -hmm. creatively speaking, and every decade? And we put it together rather quickly and we're almost sold out. We're hoping to create a second show. That is not a bad problem to have, except for those who might not be able to participate. So the Midlife Monologues, again, is happening Tuesday, October 24th at Pure Theater, which is on Cannon Street in downtown Charleston. And Carrie, so who can we expect to hear from? You've already mentioned Stephanie Hunt, but there are several others. Our cast includes, in addition to myself and Sharon Gracie, we have local actress and activist Joy Vandervoort Cobb, who is beloved, mm -hmm. um, memoirist and Pulitzer jurist Sinel Barnes. We have Asia May, uh, our young Charleston poet laureate. I am thrilled she's participating. 
Uh, and we have Melissa Falconfield. Melissa is an author. She has a second new book coming out, and she is a teacher at Porter Goud. Um, and we have Ann Darby Parker, uh-huh. uh, celebrated Charleston painter, along with her daughter. Ann Darby Parker is going to be doing a painting live on stage. Wow. Um, and we have uh, also musical talent. Jasmine Commerce is a local singer-songwriter. And we also have Sorella, the breakout uh, vocal sensation, who placed fourth in The Voice last year. This is a big treat. I mean, we are excited about all of this, but how did you manage that? (laughs) And they're gonna be here performing just for this event. Just for this event. Oh, I just called and I I fell in love with them when Mm -hmm. I saw them on The Voice and I thought, how do we bring that next generation along? So we have the Heichel sisters. Um, Bella is 15, Maddie is 20, and Anna is 22. I think I got that backwards, but mm-hmm. 15, 20, and 22. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. And so when guests come on that day to Pure Bar, what should they expect to see and hear? Well, this will be sort of like a theatrical showcase mm-hmm. with a little bit of a literary vibe. Um, they will see performances um, by sort of the literary and theatrical lights of Charleston. Um, so there will be readings um, from poems, uh, essays, um, excerpts from a new novel by a prize-winning memoirist, and um, some favorite musical numbers. And I should also say that um, if someone cannot attend, that there are live stream tickets available at puretheaterre.org. I love that. So there's a live stream, and those tickets are $15. We know that you have certainly spent a lot of your midlife putting pen to paper. What does that mean for you personally? Well, you know, this is kind of interesting because I think maybe we've talked about this, but I was a ghostwriter mm-hmm. in my former life. So I wrote speeches for CEOs and public mm. figures and former presidents. And um, so I spent my life sort of responding to crises. I was in 9-11, I was on Wall Street. Um, and so my career was sort of figure out what everyone else needed to say and how to help them find their voice and represent themselves publicly. And so, but ironically, when I was going through some of my struggles in perimenopause, I was having trouble finding my own voice and figuring out my own voice. And so, um, you know, one of the reasons why we want to talk about midlife is we have so much time ahead of us, right? And a lot of women come to me and say, well, I know I should be doing something else, but I don't know what that is. Well, I pretty much fired all of my clients when I turned 50. I went back and got my Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing, and now I'm using my background and, you know, talents. We all have our talents. This is my one talent. Uh, we know I can't play tennis because I just tore my ACL playing tennis. So <laughs> I should be behind, not on the field or on the court, behind uh, the desk writing. But I'm trying to use my experiences to help other women find their voice. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this hot and Charleston community. I find it to be very supportive, and I've learned so much from the guests who you've 
very wisely asked to be on the stage each time and I, I know it's going to be another powerful experience this month. Well, we're honored that you're participating with us and giving the prologue to sort of frame this whole event in the way that, you know, it needs to be framed and no one can do that with well, the expertise sweet. that you can. But the thing that I think I'm most excited about um, that uh, the folks at Pure Theater sort of kind of wave the flag on this is that this is pure community theater at its best. Mm -hmm. Most of the women who are taking the stage that night are not trained actors. Mm -hmm. They are writers. They are people who, you know, as we said, spend a lot of their time with their hands touching the computer in solitude. Mm -hmm. And everyone's being really brave um, in, you know, talking about these moments leading to and through midlife. and. You know, I've never been more excited about um, an artistic endeavor. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time.